didn't mean to call you a meatloaf, Jack. It's a good line in Fight Club as well. <laughs> you gotta save it. It's ridiculous. I didn't mean to. Don't give away that shit to the empty air. All right. Are you ready? No. Give me one second. This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata. I am your gracious host, and alongside me, Mr. Justin Wendell. Justin, how are you? Good. I've been putting together a Star Wars puzzle uh, these last few days. Okay. Do you want to elaborate? It's the last Je- last Jedi. How about you? I've just been waiting to record. There's, I live for these moments. Yeah. No. This is the fucking hardship. So, uh, the movie microscope. Uh, if you're not familiar with the, with the concept of the program, what we do is we like to zoom in. We like to kind of get into the nitty-gritty dirt band of, uh, of a film rather than dwelling on the like larger moments. So, for example, if we were talking about Titanic, yep. we're not going to talk about like her critique of his penis in the car. Okay? We're going to focus on the more, you know, the, the intrinsic moments, the lesser moments, okay? Right. So uh, today we are doing John Landis's seminal, literally, An American Werewolf in London. Right. Considered by most to be still the finest werewolf movie ever made. Yes. And Landis's finest um, achievement. Yes, I'd say. Other than Max. Max, um, Max Landis? Yeah. Up to my knees. So we uh we love we love this movie, uh, and it's funny because, you know, typically we do the hugest movies on this show, um, but we figured we we go a little bit more intimate. Like with what? This. What are some of the big ones we've done? Uh, so we've done like Nighthawks. Yeah. Uh, we have done. Uh, what have we done? The Blob. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. I mean, just huge. Spe- Is this the biggest movie we've done? You think? Yes. Yeah. It may not air before a giant movie. That's true. Because we have a few. We, you know, we're, we're banking. We're banking a few episodes. Yeah. Elizabeth. You know. Jonathan. Yeah. So, so we have a few in the can. Speaking of something in the can, can I also say, instead of can, can I say in the hoop? In your hoop? In the hoop. It's a term I've been told by a friend uh, is, a, is a big butt term. Like, hey, get it in your hoop there. Well, I heard the, I know the, I knew the uh, word can is, is for butt. I, I don't. I don't know this other term. This hoop, hoop. It sounds like a basketball thing. It sounds like a bedroom thing. It's pretty great. So, American Wolf of London was made in what year, Justin? Was it 1981? 
it was ni- it came out in 1981. I believe it was shot in 1981. It was shot at the same time. I mean, you mind if I zoom in right away? You go first. It was shooting in the same town at the same time as Raiders of the Lost Ark. Are you serious? Yep. Zoomed in. It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Well, Landis and Spielberg had a connection earlier in both their careers. Yeah, I mean that's two Maybe classic movies filming at the same time. Bucket list movies, both both classics. Impossible to fuck with either. Perfect. Yeah. And I, there are people. There are people. I remember growing up, there were people that insisted that The Howling was a a better movie, right? And B had better effects. By the way, no, never not. <laughs> so here's an interesting thing: is that Landis uh, had tried. He wanted to make this movie for a long time. I think he wrote the script and maybe the late 60s, early 70s. He uh, was able to make it, obviously, because of his success. You're zooming the fuck in. Well, sort of. But I, he he was able to make it, obviously, because he had Animal House was, was a success. And what else came? He had two successes. Blues Brothers. Was Blues Brothers before this? Yeah. yeah. So And Kentucky Fried Movie. But those those two kind of afford him uh, the opportunity to make. This was his dream project. Um, but he said that the reason he couldn't get it made for so long, too, was Nobody wanted to do a werewolf movie, and when he finally got it made, there were all these werewolf movies being made. For example, The Howling. When did The Howling come out? Around the same time? Around the same time. Yeah. And um, what are, like Wolfen? Was Wolfen around Wolfen's the same time? not a werewolf movie. It's a wolf movie, but it's not a werewolf movie. It's not? No. But and actually, There's a decapitation in it, though, right? Mr. Greg, Mr. 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 Hines. Mr. Gregory Hines. You see a maggot. I remember when I was a kid, I saw that movie, and there's a shot of a maggot on the decaying head. And it freaked me out. Is that when they were trying to check the pulse? <laughs> I don't know what it was. You know, something about adding a maggot to death or a, just like yeah, in Hereditary, the scene with the ants, it's like it's that makes good. it much more gross. Yeah, but they're, but the um, he said that it was funny because no one ever wanted to make a werewolf picture. And then all of a sudden there was all this like influx of werewolf stuff. So, but yeah, and you had mentioned up front and we had talked a little bit about dinner because we... We tend to get a little dinner before this, right? Fuck I mean, that's yeah. our we, tradition, we right? Throw down for the movie microscope. We we eat dinner. Um, that uh, we zoom in. We definitely <laughs> we zoom in. Um, that there's never really been a movie. I think mostly in, in werewolf movies, and they always make them. It feels like there's never been a good transfer. There's not a lot of good transformations in werewolf movies. This is the well. Best. The secret to this is that it's on all fours. You know, the thing I don't like about most man-wolf type werewolf yes. stories is that it's bipedal and that then you're you're always living in the shadow of Lon Chaney. Right. Um, and even though, like, the Benicio movie is fantastic, it's, it's aged really well. I kind of like it. Um, and then you have stuff like the, Co- the Company of Wolves and you've got Bad Moon mm-hmm. and things like that. There are, there are examples of decent attempts, but it always felt like it was a second-rate movie monster to vampires. In terms of Werewolves, yeah. the popular lexicon, I think there's a suspension of disbelief thing that's not present with vampires for some reason. You know, I forgot. That is. I forgot about the Benicio one, and the Benicio one does have a pretty good transformation. It does, yeah. But it's also in a digital age, so there is digital assist. And Rick Baker was involved in that as well. So, do you know what's interesting? I think that the the reason in this one's so effective still, obviously, the effects are great, but the fact that Landis wrote it. Like it's a very painful thing to go yep. through, right? So I think if you're talking about the older werewolf films, and the transformation obviously is more like they're kind of layering different shots where they're getting hairier and hairier. Mm-hmm. In this movie, for sure, it just feels like it is agonizing to go through this transformation. He's getting ripped apart to change it. Yeah, bones way. are stretching, like things yeah, are breaking. It's, it's, it's very it's, uncomfortable. And you know, I think there's. I had seen. You remember that movie Trick or Treat with Sammy Kerr? So there's an anthology film. 
there's a werewolf part in that, and I think the I think the werewolves rip their skin off and become wolves. Like that's that's the transformation. Well, and dog soldiers had something sort of like that. I forgot about dog soldiers. And then actually, dog soldiers had some good wolves. Don't forget as well. Silver Bullet, and don't forget. I can't forget Silver Bullet. And don't, don't forget Teen Wolf. I, I try. Okay. With Boof. <laughs> Teen Wolf's dad. That might be the most horrific transformation. He looked like he should date D. Wallace in this in the in the Howling. Looked like a like adorable. Kind of, he was very adorable. The dad. Um, there and the thing is, there are there is a, a spate of werewolf movies in the past couple of years. If you go to, if you look on iTunes or Netflix, they threw a bunch of these bastards out there. Yeah, I mean, and then there's the underworld movies as well. It's just what? it's just a, it's a hard to get. To me, I love the I love the way he does the he, the lead up to the transformation and and the trans. I love that stuff. And obviously, Rick Baker won so many awards for it. One, he won one. What, what do you mean? They created one. They created the Oscar. Zoom in. But you know that's that's the thing in, in these other movies. It's just that's always such a huge uh, moment in other werewolf movies. That's always just kind of bad. It's well, transformation it's, scene. you know, funny thing is, is it's the money shot, right? It's so the right. whole film is built around that. You know, and there's plenty of examples of you know the bladder effects that uh, Rob Bottin used to mm-hmm. somewhat questionable effect in the Howling, as opposed to the way that Rick Baker did it here. They all seem to adopt the easy the path of least resistance. So it tends to be. What year was the Howling? It was around eighty three, eighty two. It was after the thing, or was it before the thing? I think it was after the thing. I think the thing was Rob Bottin's coming out party. Was it? It yeah. may have been concurrent. Either way, it's it's just it's just a bad movie. It's. And it's funny because Joe Dante and Landis are tied together with the with the hollow, uh, Twilight Zone, the movie. There's a connection there, and they, those guys are. I think they're both what they considered masters of horror. I like how we're talking about little moments in the well, film. Well, not more. I mean, I always, I just it's I don't, all build up. But uh, you know, the you know another thing that Landis decided to do, I think, is very interesting, is that he 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 wanted everything to be in you know broad light, yeah, you know, just like bright light. Bright lights that which during which, the transformation. Well, and yeah, even like, but even Jack, like the the effects on the you know the undead Jack, like mm-hmm. that stuff is just it's lit. And a lot of times in where do you mean that in the popular lexicon? <laughs> a lot of times in, in that stuff, you want to hide that stuff, and it's interesting that I mean, I heard I mean, obviously I heard Landis talk about this, but he said that was his goal from the beginning was just to show it. He's like, I got to find something that's gonna can help me show this in like broad daylight. He's like, I also need to make sure that it's off the chain. To, yeah, little tip. Um, anyway, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. So, I, zoom, I, I zoomed past the zoom in. Yeah. The funny thing is I have seen this movie so many times, and this movie is so dear to me that every moment is a big moment at this point. Right. There's not a moment that is disingenuous. It's the whole the whole movie is just a love note. You know, you watch it, and it's like it's the most warm and love loving feeling to go back because there's nothing in it. There's no fat. It's actually... It's actually kind of a thrifty little movie. It is. It's a it's a short film, pretty and, much. And there's, I mean, it's a sh- it's a quick film. And there's stuff that is so embedded in the, in the in not only in pop culture but in my memory. So let's start, Justin. If you want to tell us a little bit about the principles involved in this film. <sighs> All right. Well, I have to get on that. I kind of know like the three main ones, which is uh, David Naughton mm-hmm. uh, as as Alex David Kessel. Kessler. David Kessler. It is D- David Kessler. Uh, and you're thinking of Jenny. Alex the nurse. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Price, Jenny, played by Jenny. Augeter? Let's call her. You what call you, her. You call her Augeter. I'll call her a gutter. Okay, gutter. And then Griffin Dunn is as Jack Goodman, right? Yeah. And so David and Jack are you know the best buds that American guys that come over to uh, to take a trip in Europe. You know they're in they're in England um, first, much to Jack. Jack wants to be in Italy, I think. Yep. And they're backpacking on the moors, and um, does it go well for them? It Doesn't. Okay. Um, 
get attacked by a werewolf and uh <laughs> i mean there's more to it i know well you, you okay so basically you you go ahead from there but those those are the three ones but there's also uh, uh a couple other actors that kind of stick out like uh um what's the guy from his name he from alien three um he, he, oh sigourney weaver sigourney weaver's in this oh oh you mean the alien hold on <laughs> shit charles dutton is he is dutton in this charles dance no the guy that goes enough oh that guy the bald yeah, yeah. he gets yeah. dispatched in an alien three but who doesn't who doesn't is right um you, you you're gonna have to pause this because i gotta no it's not a big deal nobody gives a shit about that guy's name fuck him um I do. He's rude anyway. I do. He's a good actor. He's a cock blocker. What do you mean? Fucking every time in that movie, he has a chance to do something good. He fucks up. He does. Yeah, he does. He's trying to keep everything secret. He's a fuck. Although he, does he is there with the party that kills the original, the first werewolf, though. Yeah. He, they feel guilty, and so you got um, uh, you got Brian Glover. That's who that character yep. is. Um, good on Atlanta. Um, and what's the what's the doctor's name? He's great. He's fantastic. In John it. Woodvine is yeah. the doctor. Yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a, no so, relation to Bokeem, right? No. Okay. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about this? Because I started to go on the plot. You talk about the plot. I'm, I mean, the plot is the the name of the film is the plot. Yeah. I mean, a, a young gentleman is unfortunately bit by a wolf that mm-hmm. happens to be a lycanthropic denizen of the darkness, mm-hmm. and he uh, we get to experience life as a werewolf through his eyes and through his penis. Now he is an American werewolf in London, right? But uh-huh. he doesn't come over as an American werewolf. He he gets turned. So the title's a little misleading. Yeah, it is. An American gets turned into a werewolf in London. It could be an American comma werewolf comma in London. It'd be unwieldy. I would say I think I think an American gets turned into a London werewolf. Oh, in London, it's like the ultimate story of immigration, sort of like you know you. Hmm. You, you know, you come in, you come into a new place, and you're corrupted by it. Right. It's fucking deep. Um, no, it, it's a very classic, classic story that. So we, it's a nobody it's, who's listening needs to be told about. I know, but still, I get excited about it. What do you think? What here's one thing. So at the beginning, when they they're backpacking and they they stop at the slaughtered lamb, which is classic, incredible. The sign's incredible, obviously. Uh, and they they go in and the, can I zoom in a little bit? Zoom in. I got a t-shirt with that logo on it. The slaughtered lamb? Yeah. Nice. Pretty proud. Where's the lamb? That's what Jack says. Uh-huh. Um, and then David says something like, I think it's inside. Let's go eat it, basically, because they're hungry. So they go inside, and the townsfolk are not happy. It's a pub. They're not happy to see to see them. And They're and rude. They're rude as fuck in there. So they notice that there's a pentagram on the wall, and they're talking about it. But they talk. They, remember, they, they talk about a werewolf. Like, right off the bat, these characters are talking about, like, I think Jack says something like, Griffin Dunn's character, that's the that's the sign of that's the mark of the werewolf. Lon Chaney brings them up. Yeah. So what do you think about that? They in this movie about werewolves, they're talking about movie werewolves already. Yeah, I mean, this was at a time, thankfully, before people got into meta bullshit. Right. So it was just it was it was it's a, it's a neat choice though. I think it's fantastic. You know, it's funny that that pub, um, the pub scene yeah. is one of the. I mean, the the conversation of those two guys walking. The, the rapport that those two actors have is unparalleled. It's Fantastic. one of my favorite things in movies is that the opening of this movie yep. and how quickly it's established that they're just best friends. Yep. And it seems like they're best friends. Their conversation, um, 
is very much what you would you would have with a friend of yours. Very natural. It's it feels natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's interesting about this movie, or what's such a great choice is, you know, they set these guys up as very like Griffin Dunn at the beginning. He's just so he's so funny, so charismatic. They're both so nice and natural together. And so then by the time less than twenty minutes when he he's dead, you know, it's just it's such a shock. Yeah. Um, but you know they need that because. They they want you to care about these characters very quickly. And they, and yeah, but how many times job. since then have they tried to do that in a, in a, in a horror film and and it not come off as genuine? they do it all the time in horror. They always have at the beginning of almost every horror film, at least that I can think of. There's always this this kind of you know very uh, you know like happy you know nothing's going wrong build up or they're in a car traveling somewhere. There's a lot of knockoffs. Of it this. helps because there's only two. Because what right. they try to do in a lot of slasher films in particular is they try mm-hmm. to create these archetypes. Like, here's the stoner. Right. Here's the jock. Here's the guy that likes to wear, you know, like, kilts. You know, just like all sorts of weird shit. And and in this one, you have just two guys, and it doesn't really even matter what they're talking about. It's just that rapport. But also, um, they don't make great decisions. Uh, they're not paying attention. Well, they're, that's the thing is they're, they're, they go to the pub. They have a very bad experience at the pub. They leave, and... They are uh, they're freaked out by the pub and they're not thinking straight. It I know, starts but to rain it starts to everything I know, starts but to go bad. When when they walk off the moors, right? It's but it's so great. I mean, it's fun though. I know, but they should be more nervous about it. And they, you know, and they should also with how well lit the scene is, they should have known better. What? But I want to talk about the pub a little bit, okay? Yeah, because those people need pigment. Hmm? The people in the pub, they're yeah, not they they're not looking good. They're looking fucking ha- haggard and pale. Yeah, I they're mean, not. It's, they're it's, not good looking. It's not. Well, the the movie isn't trying to show like a, a, like it's not trying to show like a beautiful pub full of beautiful. people. No, what it, it tells me that rural England sucks. Those <laughs> well, people are I don't think, dog shit men. I think that they're trying to basically show you that they're they're just kind of out of their element. They're at a they're like a local pub that they're not wanted at, and it's not. But, there's no. There's nothing fancy but you know about what the, it. But the first big moment, the first big right. kind of not not a jump scare, mm-hmm. but the first big horror moment isn't wolf related. What is it? It's when he misses the dart board. It's a famous part. It's like it's almost like the movie could have been called that. What? The day the dude missed the dart board. Yeah, the day you made me miss. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you made me miss. I've never missed that board before. You kind of sang it. You could turn it into a song. <laughs> he made me miss. I've never missed that board before. Yes. Okay, folks, feel free to sample that. That is license free. <laughs> or you could use it as a ringtone. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's I a, never missed. Unfortunately, you've missed my call. You know who could sing that? Probably pretty great. Uh, we do a great job as the Sleepers, or Stephen Hawking. Oh, it does sound like Stephen Hawking a little bit. You okay? So <laughs> the bartender woman, the the woman, she tries to be good. She, they're all. She's concerned about their safety. They're all. Uh, everybody in the pub doesn't want them there, and makes them feel that way, including her. But when they leave, because they realize they're not welcome, she, and they leave, and then she says, "We can't let them leave. It's because it's it's you know it's full moon tonight." Um, and they right before they leave, what do they say? That's the best. You made me piss. <laughs> right what? before they leave, they say, "Beware the moon, lads." Which is such a great, that's such a great line in this. And then, but then they're outside and they're like, what's a moon lad? <laughs> and uh, 
they get outside and they're like, but where the moon? What the? Yeah. They you know just... what's great? Okay. Tell me, tell me that their jackets aren't characters in this. Of film. course. That's what I'm saying. Like, so we were talking about that's the green and the, and the, and the orange jacket, right? It's just, yeah, of course. Was that the original poster? Those guys in those jackets? I think so. Um, it is such a, just indelible. It's such it's, a great image. It's one of the first puffy jacket films. There's a lot of, yeah. Backpacks and puffy jackets. You think is one of the first? Yeah, that might be what the fan site should have been called. Yeah, puffy. Backs, was... Backpacks and puffy jackets. Um, that maybe the tagline, or maybe that's the, what they filmed under, so people don't know what they were making movie they were making. Yeah. Huh, what's this? You know, people are driving around England. What's this backpack? Puffy. It must be a secret. There type. is a uh, movie called The Puffy Chair, like a old independent film with Mark Duplass. You remember that one? I don't. I don't. Do you think? 4K? Th- let me zoom in. Do you think that's some way a reference to this movie? I don't know. Let me wait, let me ask you to zoom in. Okay. And then speculate. I would zoom in to say that the the alt okay, if the choices are it's an homage yes. or a reference or Duplass having an original idea, I'll go with the homage. <laughs> Why are you ripping Mark Duplass? Because they're ubiquitous. They're okay. everywhere. Mm-hmm. The, the Duplass brothers? Yeah. Yeah, the bros. Um, do you think the fact that there there being two of them is some way a reference to the two there's two people in American War from London? Not for long. Let me zoom out. <laughs> not for long. Well, no, that's not true because yeah, not for long. But it, but Jack comes back. But is he alive? So okay, tell me about when this movie came out because we're old enough to be alive when it came out. Um, did you see it in the theater? You did not, right? I don't remember seeing the theater. There's a part of me that thinks I did. Because yeah. I know that we we were hip, and I and I, but I, for something I have this indelible memory of video disc. Well, your dad, your dad, your parents would take you to horror films, right? They, yeah, they, they would take you to R-rated movies. Yeah, when you were my, a kid. they knew I had a huge fucking cock. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, they first of all, they probably if that's true, they probably did know because they <laughs> no, parents. No, they uh no they they knew I, they knew I I was they knew I was really into movies early. Right, like Grease and Jaws and Star Wars. Were, right. So by the time this rolled around, I had already seen <laughs> Grease and Jaws and Star Wars. Those are the three seminal movies. Those are the life. big ones in your childhood. The, those were the, those those were the pinpoints in my life. Right. Okay. It's like a three year span: seventy six, seventy seven, seventy eight. Mm-hmm. I was fully formed by then. Like I had my shit together. You're set on your course. I really was. To this podcast. Yep. Right. Yep. Micro- Did you zoom in back then? Oh, I was constantly zoomed in. Yeah. I bumped into shit because I was always zoomed mm-hmm. in. Um, but I remember seeing we saw. You know, all the big, like, I didn't see Alien in the theater, but I saw all the other shit between, like, 78 and 83. Right. And then, of course, everything ever since. But, so, I think, I think for some reason, though, I discovered this on video disc. Well, I remember seeing the trailer for this. It was the trailer. Not laser disc. Video disc. Okay. That bullshit, flip the plastic contraption. I don't remember it. Selectivision. Okay. It had it was like a record, it was like a, an album. Oh yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was in this plastic. Well, case. so was Laserdisc though. No, right? but Laserdisc was a laser. It was you yeah. know it was this w- was like a phonograph or a phonogram, whatever they call those. Phonograph, bastards. right? Yeah. So you put it. It's it was in ca- it was protected by a, a big mm. plastic bastard that had the text on the back. Had they it. discovered the telephone yet at this and point? And you shove this asshole into the fat machine. Old joke. And then when you halfway through the movie, you got to flip that asshole. <laughs> but you also had to flip stuff for Laserdisc sometimes, mm. right? Yeah, but not, but not. I know. I just but you don't have to put this man sheath back into the machine. It was so stupid. Yeah. Look it up. Look it up on your phones, folks. Select Division video disc. I don't remember it, but I, I I've heard of it. It failed, just like Ultraviolet did this week. Finally, they killed it. 
The worst format. You didn't like it? I hated it. All right, by the way, they're on a three-month trip to Northern England. So it's a summer break, I guess, maybe, huh? I don't know what, but they're... Whatever. Do you think they're Nobody college cares. kids? They never really talk about how old they are. They graduate college? Doesn't seem like they're that old The yet. DTF, that's for damn sure. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's all they're talking about. Jack talk is about, a horny son. Talk about Debbie Klein. She's... That's... Yeah. She's apparently a jerk. Well, but yeah, <laughs> but and, and one of them thinks highly, more highly. Right. Naughton. He, want, he wants in that. No, Naughton's... No, this... Wait, what's one the Norton? Griffin Dunn is the one that, and, oh, yeah. and, and Norton is. That's right. He calls her. Okay. He calls her a jerk. But basically, they're talking about this this girl back home that Griffin Dunn is trying to get with, and David. There's Nott. nothing. Something about her body, right? Yeah. There's yeah, nothing. but that whole scene when they're talking about her and and laughing, and you know, apparently, I'm gonna zoom in real quick, is that they were really they were really laughing. They were they couldn't get through the lines, and they were really laughing. They kept it in, but Landis, remember they're, they he follows them, and they kind of walk away from the camera, mm-hmm. and they're telling knock knock jokes and stuff. It's just such a great, like, it's just such a great uh, underscore to their friendship. I mean, that, that, he does such a great job in such a small amount of time before the slaughter begins. Yep. Yeah. And, and the great thing is, is that... Does Jack make it, by the way? Yeah. The, the thing is, though, the, uh, they maintain that friendship throughout the, the they story. They do, even and when they... Yeah. And that's, such one, that's one of the key reasons this movie works as well as it does. Okay, so 13 minutes and 28 seconds, we Ooh, hear... Timestamp. We hear that amazing sound for the first time ever that howl that howl has never been beaten no it's it is it is it is a a standout in this film is the werewolf howl yeah because you you can hear the pain underneath it do you remember where you first hear it yeah at 13 minutes but where who hears it first the audience no No, it's when they're on the moors the bar oh the bar the bar the bar right right, the bar yeah yeah because they're talking and then he pretends like he didn't hear it and then it happens again louder so they they hear in the bar and so they're kind of worried about the the bartenders worry about the kid the kids and everybody in the bar is like we're not doing anything about it. They hear the wolf, they they say they can't hear anything, and then they cut to the to the two and they hear it. Yeah, and then they start to freak out. And it's a great it's great a, sound design too yes. with where the wolf is surrounding them and shit like that. And it's great the the camera goes in front of them. They're walking to it's just it's just beautifully done. Of course, the scene where he falls down is great. is a trope, but it still works. Well, it is. It tricks you because it's like he falls. You, yeah, you it, feel like they've gotten away from it to some extent. Then you remember you're watching an American Wolf in London. So that let me so so what happens is he falls, and 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 he says to Jack, or says to Jack, he goes, "Help me up, you piece of shit," or something like that, you shithead. And then Jack gets attacked by the wolf and starts to get killed, and David runs immediately away. runs away. Which I always thought, even when I first you know first saw this movie, was so heartbreaking because. He runs away because that's what he's panics. He runs away, but then he stops himself and he says Jack, and he goes back. And the whole time you hear Jack saying yeah. he's killing me. I'm I'm dying. Help, help, you know. And but another thing that like a very small moment. Well, it's good though because by going back to rescue him, he, he's he's rewarded. I know, but I mean, what would you do, right? So, but there's a scene when they show Griffin Dunn Jack getting attacked, which is awful, and when he finally basically gets, he's dead. Remember, they show him give like kind of get angry, like he's his face is like he's angry and he like he freezes. And it's like a weird like, uh, it's like he's struggling so hard, but he's dead, and he just basically I don't, just I don't, I don't dies. It's just a really quick shot, but it's it's really neat. It's like it's almost like he's like frustrated from being killed, and then he just dies. Hmm. And it's just really neat. That's you know that's the name of our podcast, right? Movie microscope. I just zoomed in to a really th- strange thing that no one would yeah. care about. 
Did I zoom in right? So he's the guy that gets frustrated when he's being killed. But that's what I'm saying. Okay. It looks like just just watch that scene. No need to tell me twice. He's like he's like he's like fuck. I'm, I'm so dead. I'm, and then I'm David apart. David is attacked by the animal, mm-hmm. and then the the villagers show up and kill it, and they reveal that the the person who is the wolf looks a shitload like Pete Postlethwaite. <laughs> that I got the actor's name. He's uh, I think he's credited in the in the um in the credits as first wolf or something. Okay. First werewolf, maybe? First werewolf, Patty Ryan. Such a UK name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, Pete Postlethwaite. We, you know, there's, a, there, and then this is, by the way, when we zoom in, mm-hmm. it just means we're like reading shit off of IMDb <laughs> trivia. Is, yeah, so apparently, there was, a, there's, a, there's a school of thought that because we, there, there's an element that makes you want to think that maybe he doesn't actually turn into a wolf, that it's in his mind, that he's just going berserk. Mm-hmm. You know, when these guys are just, because we never, you know, we don't see the wolf in its, you know, when, when they get shot, we see them in human form. It's dog shit. It's just people trying to come up with something to write about. Well, you, you see the wolf, you see the wolf killing Jack. Yeah, you see. The wolf head. But, but, they, but the, and their excuse is that, that whenever David, they rescue David and he's in the hospital, the excuse is they were attacked by a madman, but you're saying there's a there's a contingent there, on the internet. There, there, that says there's that people that want to be clever and act like it wasn't oh, well, really a werewolf. Yeah, it's in his yeah. mind. Bullshit. What do they say about the title of the movie? They're too busy fucking wearing a sweater and sipping tea and shit. They just the, the American in, in London. So here's one of the great things about the movie: the hardest thing in in film is to is to get is to is to get and negotiate tone, mm-hmm. and this movie. Dances so delicately between horror and comedy mm-hmm. and drama that it never lets you get too sogged down by any one thing. Mm-hmm. You'll laugh a lot. You'll you'll be sad. You'll be scared. But they balance it out in a way that has never been matched ever. There's no movie that's been able to do. There's a lot of movies that will err on the side of the comedy or err on the side of the horror, but never balance it out like this. And there's so many good movies that have done it. But I think this is the best. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of great horror comedies, but in, in, before this, were there a lot? Were there a lot of horror comedies though? I know there people always cite well, like the Ab- Alvin Costello. Alvin Costello, yeah. But I mean, was there was there stuff that that really what were there was there like horror comedy before this? No, I think a lot of the comedy was more unintentional. Because they said, well, they said that that I mean, Landis had said that the script really confused people because it was people liked the script, but then they no, the movie confused people. The critics didn't know what to make of it because it was funny sometimes, and then obviously, yeah, really gory and gross. And so, but it certainly, if it was one of the first, it seems like it was. It certainly spawned a, a genre. Yeah, but no, but not the balance has never been this way. There's plenty, and of the great. kind of humor in this isn't look at me type of humor. It's it's people reacting to the situation. Well, and Landis Landis says that it's he doesn't view it as a comedy. Yeah, at but all. Landis kills people. He did for sure. <laughs> no, I mean no, that's fine. I mean he's a filmmaker. I mean he put so much time into this. Of course he he knows what he was making. And he how calls he, it a horror film. Yeah, and it yeah. is. Yeah, because it's not called like an American comedian, and you know, but um, it's very funny though. So. Twenty minutes into the film, they've killed off one of the leads, and one of our other guys is is waking up in a, in a hospital bed. Right, and there we get to meet Doctor Hirsch, one of the other leads of the film, and Alex Price, Nurse Price. Right, but let's talk Doctor Hirsch. You want to talk to the doctor first? Yeah, because you're sexist. No, because he looks like a bunch of bees stung Steve McQueen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it, it's funny. Like I I used to want to zoom through zoom. 
Fast forward through the scenes with him and when when I why he's pretty great in this movie. He's great in it and he's funny in it too. Uh-huh. But I just was I was so I mean, Grant, when you're young, you want to see the the TNA and the and the attacks. Right. And and he's like a really anchoring performance in this movie. He's fantastic. He the the thing and he looks like like a bloated B shot Steve McQueen. Well, so you know, I think Landis really wants you to care about. Those two characters, David and Jack, right? And so, you know, you end up caring a lot about David because of he's a sweet guy, and you know he's sweet because Nurse Nurse Price likes him. Yeah, she does. The doctor really cares about his patient, and to the point where he goes to investigate what actually happened, right? Yep. And so he's got all these people on his side rooting for him, so when the end comes <laughs> and he's in, in monster mode, um, you know, your feelings are tied up. Uh, I'm zooming in. Yeah, they're tied up. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, um, he's great though. He's a great. He's a great. Por- I mean, obviously, what's his name? You said his name was what? Doctor Hirsch. Okay. And uh, he's got a puffy ass face. I think he looks very dapper. Oof. Might not, might need to go visit the old eye doctor. Speaking of bees, Jupiter Ascending. That was on TV the other day, and there's a book. There's a big bee element to that film. Yeah. B E E, not, not B movie. Not a lot of people B C in that movie. <laughs> um, and then another great, a great smaller character, that goofy cop. Right. There's two cops that come in. The goofy fuck though. One guy's all business, and the other guy's. But the other guy's is also another character that's sympathetic toward David Kessler. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not like that's what's cool about the movie is that he's not trying to prove himself. You know. There's not a lot of that whole nobody believe. I mean, there's an element of it, but it's more of like they know he's been through this traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. It's never like he's painted as a sadistic murderer, uh, except by the people well, he murders later on. He does, it, he does it. Uh, no, they're worried about his mental state, right? Um, and then, uh, and then the yeah, the one cop says that, that basically it's a cut and dry case. There's a madman that attacked these guys, and you know, Dave was like, "No, we were attacked by an animal." You're talking about the other cop that kind of says, "Well." Hey, you know, maybe maybe there is more to this story, and yeah. he gets shut down by the later decapitated cop. Yeah, that guy does get his comeuppance, right? He does. Yeah, um, but it does feature the bedpan Tetris. All right, so tell me, this is a favorite moment of yours in the film. This is a small one. Yeah, the, the goofy bumbling cop mm-hmm. makes a loud noise in the in, when they're during their meeting. Yeah, during a serious meeting. Of it. Yeah, and yeah. then it turns out he's dropped a whole mess of bedpans, and he has to nesting doll them back together. It's a great little scene. And you te- you dubbed that. Bedpan Tetris. Bedpan Tetris, which would be a great title for like a, a DVD chapter title. Yeah. Maybe you should write in. Is it too quick? Is it too late? I'm it's asking. It's definitely too late. Ask them if you could retitle some of those DVD chapters. I was like, hey, do you mind if I also try to give CPR to Jack? <laughs> I think it would work. Yeah. And what then, do you think of the dream sequences? That's a big dream part sequences of the... are a huge part of it. And, yeah. and, and they escalate just a bit. Right. Um, there's one right off the bat. Like when they, they cut the Well, there's David... one that doesn't have anything really to it. There's this the first one, one when he just want he's running through he's right. running through the woods yeah which is fine I mean he's naked yeah, they escalate for sure yeah so that's the first that's is that the first hang dick because Naughton he's naked in the Naughton's got his he's got his pants party going on pretty did you, early did you zoom in yeah. you have to kind of zoom in yeah, yeah. Oh, is that there's, a, oh I'm just saying that there's, they shoot it from kind of far away but he's definitely naked in this movie a lot and, he and, is super dick and out. he has to be cold because it's in London I mean it, it does yeah. not look warm. And it does not look warm either because when he's hanging, it's not he's not quite getting to the G. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's hand, and then they... Well, I mean, he's, it is... It, it was filmed in a period where bushes were 
prominent. You know, he, so maybe he, he talks. He's in a behind him in a bush at one point. Yeah, bushes are prominent. Are you talking about his grooming? Yeah. So I, I don't think I think he had plenty of poundage, right? I think he had. I think he had a good hang dick. No. Did you not watch the film recently? I mean, it's it's not. He's, I got. I try to get close to uh, my TV's got a zoom feature, and then I got a measuring stick out. <laughs> I didn't have to use much of it. Well, if you would have, I bet you during the bedtime sequences he had. I more. tweeted at him. I said, "How long is how big's your dick?" Because I couldn't tell. <laughs> and then he realized Naughton's not on Twitter. Um. Yeah, the dream sequences are amazing. You know, the first the first big one is more of just a shock kind of a shock gag uh-huh. with him with the with blue face McScream in the marble yeah. bed bed screen. That's great though. Yeah. It's great. It's fine. You mind if I zoom in? Go ahead. He said that was the toughest makeup of the movie. Yeah, I read that on IMDb trivia. No, no, well. I I saw it in an interview. Yeah. Oh, or all, no, the DVD commentary. It's also on IMDb trivia. They took it from the DVD commentary. Cool. But that's back when they had to put like the shove the glass in your eyes to make your eyes change color and stuff. They don't have to do the, the, that these days. Why do you like, think Like, for that, example, in Jupiter Ascending. What do you think? <laughs> digital. What do you think about that, that design, what, their decision to make him look like that? Because he doesn't look like a werewolf. He looks like a zombie. He, he looks like a zombie or a vamp. That's great. All right. You don't like that? You don't like, you don't like that makeup? I don't dislike the makeup. I'm just trying to figure out how it fits in. It's it's shocking. I think then that's the thing about this movie. Is there's, that there's, his head? We know that his head's getting fucked with by this whole being a wolf man. Well, the wolf's starting to gestate inside him, and it's coming out through his subconscious. Can I tell you though that one of the best, the Zoomed best, out. in the in one of the, before we get to the best dream sequence, there's a one where he, one of the early, the early one when he eats the deer. Yeah. The the piece that he's holding. I know his leg. It's a weird it's like ass. It's a section of a deer we've never experienced before. Because it's like this weird quadrant with like a right. limp leg hanging off it. That's even that's even more weird than he, him being a werewolf. Is that they found a deer section like that? Well, so at first he's having basically wolf dreams, and then it was the original title for the film. And then he's having uh, kind of a monstrous wolf dream, and then and then he has the, the spectacular dream sequence, which is. Which is which is shocking. Still to this day, I think that scene is. is you said you laughed during it, though. I laughed. There's a there's a there's a part in that that I. That so we'll describe this describe the scene. Okay, I'm sure so people know what we're talking this, about. But. Everybody knows what we're talking about. It was the, have the, they seen this movie? Let's assume they have. Okay, remember that part, guys. Yep. No, so there's that Nazi werewolf, right? Like stormtrooper werewolves, where they show up at his house, his house, and and treat the family with disregard, right? Uh, and they ruin a Muppet show. Right, they start. They 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 they're watching the Muppet Show. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. and they ruin that. They ruin their enjoyment of the Muppet Show. Oh yeah. So do. there's a scene where they come in and they slightly injure the, the family, and then there's a dream within a dream element to that too, which is great. Well, so here's what happens, which is no, I'm gonna zoom in. At the beginning of the sequence, David's in bed. Nurse Price is reading him a book. Reading him from reading, uh, and the book is a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court by Mark Twain. That apparently is a movie that Landis has always wanted to make, and thought maybe he would make it next. That did not happen. So from that, he drifts off, and then he's back at home, right? And so then that's all the movie. The, this what this that's where this kicks off. There's these Nazi werewolves come in, shoot everybody up, hold a knife to his throat. What made you laugh in that scene? Okay, there is a scene. The Muppets. Because it does kick off with a, a shot of the Muppets. No, there is a shot of um, of the uh, one of the one of the Nazi troopers right. running with a Molotov cocktail in his hand, 
and he's just running through the house and it's just so fucking funny. And then there's then it made me want to um uh pay attention to the background of these shots and there's a couple of scenes where he's in the in the background like just, just holding it. Happily jogging with a fucking Molotov cocktail in his hand. Does he throw it in the kitchen? I mean there's a pl- bunch of destruction. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I was really disappointed with what the fuck did they what was the problem they had with all the furniture? Like they 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 did more damage to the arbitrary pieces of furniture than they did to the people in the house. That's a very unsettling sequence I wouldn't say is funny. That it's still you, there's one today. shot of him like cutely jogging with a, with a flaming cocktail. And the ma- those and you know those those masks are very masks, but they're still effective, I think. They're great. They're grotesque and They're great. Yeah. Everything about them, it's so it's so it's such a jarring sequence tonally with the rest of the movie. Right. And I I know it's it's the way that the kids go flying when they shoot them. I mean, it's Everybody goes flying when they get shot. Like it's, the mom and it's, the kids. Yeah. It's I, I I remember laughing the first time I saw it. It's 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 one of those things where yeah, part of it is as you laugh because you're uncomfortable with how the violence and all that, but it it's not it's super gory and it's super mean, but it's also so outlandish or outlandish. Nice. That it's there's a there's somehow there's a charm and quirk to it. Yeah. And then Naughton is has his throat slit. He wakes up in bed, and then the best thing happens. And Nurse Price is there. Yeah, she, she had drifted off. She wakes up and she says, "He said I had a nightmare." Right, or, and then she opens the curtains or whatever, and there's one of the Nazi troopers there, and he stabs her to death. But the best is the last shot where she's it's stabbing her, and and there's that screaming sound that is just so amazing. But he, but that's the thing is that you, it's a jump scare. But they continue. He continues it. She gets stabbed, falls to the floor, and then he keeps stabbing her. Yeah, on the floor. forever. Yeah. And so then they cut again to him in bed. He wake and he says something like, "Holy, yeah. <laughs> holy shit!" So his dreams are awful. And then the guy comes in. the The guy comes in with food right after that happens. And he right is that what happens? And I he opens remember. the curtains again. So it's like they. Oh yeah, they, yeah. You're kind of getting tricked to think maybe it would happen even the third time. The yeah. I would not have been disappointed if the rest of the movie was just that guy stabbing her just, for like another hour, and that sound happening. Matter of fact. They should do a director's cut where that's all that happens. I'm sure if you could find that on YouTube, someone probably looped it. By the way, we there's a moment that happens before that scene that was is one of the little moments in this movie that has always made me happy. Yeah. It's Benjamin the sick child. Of course. He's in it twice. Yeah. I love him too. No. Yeah, his because he just that's his his so she, the nurse price is taking care of another patient. She's taking care of David. And she's also taking care of little Benjamin, who is, looks like he's about six, right? Seven, six, yeah. seven, five or six. And she's trying to give him medicine. Like later, she tries to give David medicine. And he always just tells her, whenever she asks him to do something, happily he says no over and over. Again. Adorable. Such a great little sequence. Right. And I, I'm going to zoom in real quickly. I learned that that was that kid's first and only movie performance. He didn't grow up to be a, a big star. I'm yeah. going to zoom out. I zoomed in his only that kid's only performance in movies. I'm gonna zoom back out. Is that good? Uh, he became M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> that well, would be a great. I word. would have loved to have seen a spinoff of just, just the, the nurse and, and little sick Benjamin. Other patients. That's what the, someone could probably write some fan fiction. Other patients in the hospital when David Kessler was was healing up, and you know, a little bit it could have been Benjamin's story. Could have or like a big twist, like Benjamin he healed. Because you know you don't like a sick kid at the hospital. Mm. That's always what, what a bad was he sign. In there for maybe. He well, anyway, the weird thing know. is no. The weird thing is, is he healed. Yeah. Went through school, joined the corporate world. Yeah. And then zoom in a little bit. Yes. He became a yes man. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ironic change. But what if 
everybody in that hospital was also werewolves. See, that's that's the thing that Landis didn't think of. You know what I'm saying? Ben, maybe he's a kid werewolf. You know, what, did they have Teen Wolf? You could have Kid Wolf. Yeah, Benjamin Wolf. Baby Wolf? Yeah. Benjamin Wolf. Yeah, Ben, ben Wolf. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you howl saying no? You mean if he's a werewolf? Yeah. That's how they catch him. Werewolf, sometimes werewolves do talk in movies, right? That's not, they're not all... Sometimes werewolves... Like, I think in Cursed... One of the probably the best werewolf movies. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the werewolves talk a little bit in that. I don't Am I wrong? That. I don't. I saw that movie once, and goddamn, <laughs> Eisenberg. Wes Eisenberg's in there. Ricci's in there. Uh, Kilborn, Craig Kilborn in there, and Wes Craven and Judy Greer. She plays the bad. Wes Craven's a dog shit. Um, he's not. He's a dog shit. He's he, not. He, R.I.P. Overrated as hell. R.I.P. Fuck him. I don't like it. Forty minutes in, we find out how many people that nurses had sex with. I don't. I don't need to know how many. Lovers. Well, she establishes it. And this is, I don't want to know. She says. That, I want to think of it as the first time when we're watching. So she brings David, the nurse, after David uh, Kessler, uh, the main character of the American Werewolf in London. <laughs> let me just specify. Um, <laughs> I was zoom way out and way back. Um, he is getting discharged after a three a three week stay. I think he he had been in a coma for three weeks. By the way, wow. They say three weeks. Now it doesn't look that hurt, but I guess they want to accelerate the moon cycle. That's what they wanted. They did. They did. Yeah. But that's three weeks seems a little. Checking it out. By the way, his family doesn't visit. We find out that one of the other nurses checked out his action. Yeah. To see if he had the old. It's a very handsome tweaked, American tweaked, man. Tweaked penis. So. Uh, a little tweaked penis. Right. Which is why they had to. Not zoom in too close to his dick during the running sequences because his penis doesn't match what she says oh. his penis is. Well, zoom he could have on in. Special effects. Rick Baker could have got up in there. He could have took care of that right away. Yeah, that's when they use the glass pieces. So, by the way, someone uh, I read an article with some uh, the author considers this one of the great Jewish films. No joke. The author. Author of the article. Oh. Because David Kessler's Jewish, and obviously that dream sequence is very Nazi. Mm-hmm. Okay. She had to check out his. He had a, he had the little the yeah. action down there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean that's why that that's why they had to zoom out when he was there filming so that we didn't zoom in and see his the skin amounts. <laughs> so, we don't know how much dick skin's there. It's one of the great. Could you imagine if somebody film? somebody disliked this movie because I was promised he wasn't circumcised and then he was clearly circumcised. I want my money back. I like how you're saying like that, like that's that's off base. Like, of course that would happen. But, but someone put someone would enter that as a goof. They say he's circumcised, then, but he's not. Yeah, his flaps. Yeah, Oops. but but I would like a refund on American World in London in 1981, please, because his penis is clearly circumcised. So, what you have there, we just so we're gonna go back. You have one of the greatest sequences, I think, in any movie, which is the dream sequence. With the with the Nazi werewolves, yeah. he wakes up and it's still the dream. Uh, Nurse Price gets attacked. We were by Nazi just werewolf. there, but right after that, Jack comes back. Yep, it's like a one, two, three. That's the first Jack reappearance. First correct? Jack yeah. reappearance, the undead Jack. The makeup is fucking great. Yeah, I love it so much. It, it grossed me out so much when I was a kid. I was horrified. I couldn't even look at it. It made me sick. And that little dangly piece off his yeah. neck, and you can see his like vocal cord. It's just. It's still gross to me, but it's... It's amazing. It's amazing. But Griffin Dunn is so likable, and he's not... He's an actor that can act under makeup. Like, a yeah. lot of guys can't do it. 
it's 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 as it doesn't even feel like makeup. It feels like oh poor Griffin Dunn suffered for his art. Um, and he's still wearing the jacket, the bl- the puffy coat. Um, you mind if I zoom in? Go on. So Griffin Dunn revealed when he got in that makeup when they were doing tests for the first time and he got in the makeup, he got super depressed because and he's and you know Landis told him to play that scene by the way, um, uh, very like happy and he does like he's great Perfect. yeah but he but he said he got super depressed and he said landis called him when he was in the makeup basically under the makeup and landis goes how you doing and griffin does like i'm okay he goes feeling depressed <laughs> he said like that he goes what he goes he goes yeah i'm feeling depressed he goes i thought so i thought you'd feel depressed because basically you're looking at yourself like destroyed yeah. <laughs> destroyed and um and so i just thought that was a kind of a funny little moment but he said he felt he just felt very obviously claustrophobic but he just it just really threw him off because the the makeup is yeah. ridiculously gory here's hoping the listeners got something out of that you didn't like it yeah i thought it was cute i zoomed out <laughs> i zoomed in um no he's great and 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 their and, the, and their banter is fantastic and then well okay so it has my one of my favorite exchanges so the whole thing is my i love it but he says he says you know, he gets serious. He said, I was, he's explaining to David what, what, what happened. He said, I was murdered an unnatural death. It's amazing. And now I walk the earth in limbo until the werewolf's curse is lifted. And, and David goes, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's such a great, a great response to that. But I love how he is kind of kidding around. He's like eating David's breakfast. He's like joking around, but then he gets serious about the curse. And it's like, and then, you know, then he said, you're gonna have to kill yourself before you start killing other people yeah which is the, from that premise that 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 moment on obviously even before that you're waiting for him that transition to come the transformation. so can i zoom in did i zoom in yeah. let's rate my zoom in first before you zoom in do you have another one no my the one i did about the makeup chair i'd, I'd rather leave it to the viewers can you do a one to the 10? listeners just give just give them what, what would you rate it of a, a heavy four is four is one the best no okay so i'm gonna zoom in and piggyback on your zoom okay when he's eating his breakfast you know they they filmed a sequence where a piece of toast goes through his neck flap yeah i think this is on the back of the dvd cover by the way this is a one already i'm just saying that everybody knows this can you imagine how much better of a movie it would have been if they kept that yeah well landis is he had to cut i guess he had to cut some sequences out to get it to avoid getting an X, and I think that was one of them. It was too gross. They ended up getting a sever. <laughs> Audience went ballistic. Um, they chaos. So, so that's so that's one of the sequences they cut. They cut. I guess the homeless when the werewolf yeah. attacks the homeless man was super super gross, super gory too. Which it makes me sad because it's really not at all now. Well, no, they cut away. Like they don't even show him get attacked. Yeah, I, just... I like when homeless people get killed. Well, <laughs> Jesus. So. Um, yeah, so talk about that. So are you zooming? Are you still zoomed? Did I t- did I ever tell my homeless story? No. What are you talking about? Were you homeless, like Jewel? Can I tell you my? my, my I saw some when I was in San Diego a couple of years back, Comic Con, homeless people. You mind just... if I zoom in? Mm-hmm. So we're staying. It's Comic Con. It was my last year with fandom. So far, this is a bad story. No, this is a great story. So you're talking about homeless people as you're at a comic convention? Well, the, the, San Diego has the most happy homeless people because okay. the weather's always perfect right. and they're treated pretty well. 
So oh, yeah. okay. uh, I have a friend who uh, who lives in San Diego. So I met up with him one night after all the shenanigans and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was walking the streets in the gas lamp district, a little bit out in Little Italy, a little bit outside the gas lamp district. Okay. And I'm going up a hill. Mm-hmm. And at the top of the hill, there's a street light and there's a garbage can. Uh-huh. And there's a couple of homeless guys kind of rummaging through the garbage. Okay. And there's nobody else in the streets. It's like street trash. I'm walking up and I'm walking up on the street opposite. Trash the movie? A great, yeah, but the, okay. a great movie. Uh, I'm walking on the opposite side of the street going up the hill. And these guys are silhouettes on the trash. And then I'm halfway up the hill. And one of the guys is like bending over getting shit out of the, uh, out of the trash. And the other guy gets behind him and begins to fuck him. Against the trash can. So I'm walking up the hill, only other guy around, and a rummaging turned into a real rummaging. Okay. And these guys, he is pounding the gentleman, mm-hmm. and the other guy's still rummaging. This it's, is like a, this, I guess this is a thing. Compare him to Naughton. I'm not going to compare him to Naughton. All I know is that it was, it, it was beautiful. No. And it was repulsive at the same well, time. Okay, so that's like catching like a four leaf clover. In it, a way. It's like catching a hundred leaf clover, but that's not the end of the story. Oh, man. So I get, I, 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 I'm lost. Do I walk up to the top of the hill where either they could spot me, mm-hmm. uh, or where I could gently get around the corner, you know, without them spotting me? Because I, I, I don't want to interrupt what they got. Mm-hmm. I don't want to imagine what it smells like either. Okay, but so I go, I retrace my steps and I go down a side street and then I cut up. And I run into three old women okay. who are terrified. Have you? No. They should have been. Werewolf? <laughs> um, and they and they, they had seen the same thing. Okay. And I had to walk them back to their hotel. And then you guys became sleepers. <laughs> we got back to the hotel and she said, what's your favorite John Landis movie? And I said, fucking America <laughs> Werewolf. How'd you know? I watched two homeless guys fuck in, the, in okay. broad fucking illumination. Well, Atlantis, he wanted the effects to be in broad daylight, too. I know. So it's the connect. I love sex. I give you about a two on that one out of ten. I shared something personal. It doesn't seem very personal. You were on the sidelines, like much like Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. He was on the sideline of all the special effects. You're on the sideline of two maybe down-in-the-luck folks trying to catch some sunlight in this dark, dark world. world. Exactly. Yeah. Thor to the dark world. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, so the homeless murders, uh, central, I hope that's, Oh, I mean, yeah, this is obviously, a, okay. but just the brazenness of it. Yeah. Like, Are you sure? Maybe I've, I've sure that's what was happening. Not the only time I've been in the same room as gay sex, by the way, just tan, just saying, just tan, <laughs> like Tay Diggs, Tay Diggs. Tan. Oh, that'd be great if he changed it to just tan, <laughs> that'd be a great name for his autobiography. Just I wonder tan. if he, he's like, I'm going to tan character. <laughs> always taze in character yep. um so what part of the movie was that from i don't remember that sequence the homeless sex mm-hmm. it wasn't there is homeless there is a homeless um there's three homeless gentlemen in this movie or, or one four. of them is adorable he so looks well, like he looks like one of the characters from dragon them. slayer and what i love about that this is kind of skipping ahead but that's sort of the werewolf attack but what i like about that sequence is there's a dog on the leash and it's starting to go wild because it hears a the werewolf, and the the guy lets it, he goes lets it go to to investigate, and the the dog takes off. 
He like leaves. <laughs> and they, they call him a coward. But he's smart. Yeah. He's out of there. Yeah. All right. So where were we? We're talking about homeless sex. No, like oh. so we're at we're at the point in the movie where um he goes home with her. I mean, so we, we they, they experience each other. Right. So they go home. He, she brings them they, home. They get some oh, d- that's what you're talking about. You're talking about when she's going through her past sexual partner. Yeah, she says she's had seven. She's very much, she's more experienced than Mr. David Kessler, it seems, for yeah. sure. Yes. I and just he, don't want to know, because in my imagination, I, I wanted to feel like the first time with Jenny. <laughs> By the way, Jenny Agutter, or what were you calling her? Agutter. It doesn't matter. Excellent in this film. Agute. Um, She's also so good in this movie um and you know Naughton, i think they cast him because he's so he's such a likable sweet guy um but not maybe quite the actor that like jenny ogater is or, I, he's or, or char- he's so Dunn. good in this movie but, he, but he's great he's great but he but she really is she stands out in this film she's she, her her character is the love interest right mm-hmm. but you really have to believe that she's got this connection with 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 him and it, it it's really not, it really a, works it really works it works it's a it's a stretch but it, it works. i don't think well you mean the fact that she just takes him home that she's super hot and she hangs dick that with she, him that she just takes him home yeah. right off the bat i mean it seems a little bit fantasy for sure but she she's great in, but in I, but scenes. then again maybe his I, you know there's always that he's thing a cutie. Of, well the, and the wolf probably there's some sort of a oh, yeah, chemical act chemical reaction like she's, the thermos start to, to go the, fucking spiraling out of control to the wolf inside him plus He's hurt, you know. That makes him feel. He's cute. Makes him feel sorry for. He's got musk for days. He's got that hair. Yeah, I mean, he's he's fucking. Doesn't talk about strange San Diego sex acts on the streets. Hangs dick. Although it's not strange. It's just uh, it's not strange. It's uh, unexpected. Yeah. I found this on the web. Throwing up. What was that? Was that Uh, Siri? That was a mistake. (laughs) No, it's just. Um. All right, so they go home and they have sex. So what do you think? Let's just rate that sex scene one to ten when you're a kid. It's pretty good. When you're a kid and now, and you're good. a kid, it's a ten. And it's now a, it's like a five. Set to Van Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they um, they shuffle the sheets. Yeah, and, and, and the, the shower. shower. Yep. Uh, zoom in. It's a fake shower, by the way. Zoom in. It's a real cat outside. In the- oh, I know. Okay, this is the true zoom in of the show. I from the commentary, I learned how they got the cat to do that reaction. I know. I, I. It's also on the IMDb trivia. Oh, so tell me. They held another cat. Yeah. All right. So they just took it from the commentary. Or they just took the commentary from the IMDb trivia. You think that the commentary was reading the IMDb? Yeah. Trivia? <laughs> yeah. They held a cat that the, the that cat on screen didn't like up to it. Yeah. They got a pretty good reaction. Yeah. 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 And they did that too with the actors. Yeah. They held up an actor they didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the guy with Doctor Hirsch, they held up a bunch of bees, which reminded him of the the incident. That made his face so fucking puffy. They show him Jupiter ascending, actually. <laughs> um, so, and then we get to the nitty gritty. I mean, the nitty gritty of this movie is the transformation. Oh well, first of all, you didn't let me finish. I have something I about gotta, the sex scene. No, I got to share before. Whenever they both get their cookies, when they're is that on the IMDb trivia? When they're talking, when Jack's talking to him in the hotel room, he says this line to him: "Hi, David." That's that's later, but that's great. <laughs> he says, "The supernatural, the power of darkness, it's all true." What do you think? What does that remind you of? Han Solo. Yes! How do you know? I just took a guess. In The Force Awakens. That's awesome. Yeah. He does this. Maybe The Force Awakens is a throwback to America. Did we find the connect? Mm. We're the, I'm going to tweet JJ. Do it. From uh, Good Times. <laughs> <laughs> See a fan? Kimmy Walker? Yeah. Dead. 
No, he's not. I know he's alive. You always think everybody's dead. I want everybody dead. Dave Naughton is not. No, his career is. He never really had much of a career after this. Griffin Dunn did, though. Yeah, he directed. He did He I, did three classics, Griffin Dunn. After. I, he did American Wear from London, After Hours. And Addicted to and Love. And the, talk, the Talking Penis movie. Me and him. Me and him. He which, directed Addicted to Love, too, didn't he? He did, which was Meg Ryan. Matt he, Broderick. I like that movie. Kinda. I hate Matthew Broderick so much. I like that movie. Um, did you see Me and Him, the Talking Penis movie? No. You had to have. No. Well, it's a future microscope, bro. I don't want a talking dick. I'm not interested in a damn dick talking. Did David Nottens have anything to say in this movie? <laughs> Who was the star of Me and Him? Griffin Dunn. Or the dick? <laughs> Who played the penis? I don't know. Do you see the dick? Good. I don't think so. But it does talk. Yeah. So does so does uh, I think Bruno's. That, I think the movie poster is like a speech bubble coming out from his groin. Yeah. Saying something like... Me and him. Hi, David. Does it say me and him? Yeah. Yeah. Talking penis movie. That The Mickey Mouse thing was one of my favorite moments in American World. Right, Hi, so David! That's after the sex scene. Yeah. The, the second time we see yeah, Post-coital, he goes, in, and Jack is a little worse for the wear. Yeah, Jack decomposes through every time you see him, he's worse off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's another thing is that we see the Muppets. There's a Mickey Mouse. There's a couple of Mickey yeah. Mouse things in here. The thing is, though, Jack isn't as chipper in that experience. Like, he's not as forgiving. No, he's more brutal. Yeah. But it's still a sweet exchange. You know, he's still, he's, he's happy to see him, kind of. Yeah. But he thinks he's going nuts. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a uh, yeah. I mean, he basically is telling him the both times he has to kill himself. Yeah, and, he, and he's not being believed. And what does Jack call him? Uh, walking meatloaf yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Which is classic. Yes, and has a great callback. It does the great. best callback. It has the best callback. Some, uh, just, he calls him a talking meatloaf. Is that what he said? Not a walking. walking. It's a walking meatloaf. A talking meatloaf. Uh, yeah, he calls him meatloaf for sure. If we've only just watched the movie, I know. Twice, uh, by the way. But then at the hour mark, the transformation begins. Yeah. Okay. And it's amazing. All right. So this is what I always remember from the movie. Besides the transformation, I love the build-up to the transformation, which is him in her flat in her apartment, trying to entertain himself, trying to entertain himself, bored out of his mind, and he's like, "Doesn't he wear slippers?" <sighs> he doesn't. I think he's barefoot. Okay. But he's he at first he, she she goes to work. And he's locked out of the apartment. He has to get in. That's where he sees the cat, right? So he gets back in. He they play Creedence Clearwater Revival, like Bad Moon Rising, and he is like just looking for stuff to do. He keeps opening the he, first. He watches like the TV. There's a bunch of shit on. He goes to the fridge and he keeps going like not that I'm not hungry. Um, and what I love the most is the pacing. Yeah. He has that scene where he just paces back and forth. Yeah, and it's just it just stays on him too long. He just he has nothing to do. He just paces. I just love that they kept that in for like a minute. Like he's just pacing. And then they cut the her. Should we skip the transformation? No, Since why? It's, it's a big moment. Yeah, we can, I mean, we can talk about it a little bit. But she, they cut back to Benjamin. That's the sandwich. No! no! And then the transformation. Yeah, th- there's one part of the transformation sequence I hate. Okay, tell me. Landis said it should be shorter. He thinks he should be shorter. It's what do you, a scene where he looks at the camera and, and reaches out his arm. I love the I love his look when he that's what that's why you know it's a famous it's a famous look but I I think looking at the camera it just bothers me a little bit when he's like crying kind of no no there's a scene like where where he's transforming and there's a scene where he's like looking directly at the camera and making a face and reaching towards us really 
And it's almost like he's beckoning to the audience to get him out. Is that when he's almost the wolf? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it just takes me out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then again... What about a super long body? Does that take you out of no, it? No, a fucking, fucking awesome super long body. And he has to roll over on his back <laughs> so he could show off his little, mu- his little tum, little tummy. He looks kind of cute. The weird thing that. is the wolf is circumcised. That's where that's where it's weird. Um, he, uh, I you mentioned it before. Is this the first movie that the transformation is you is the four legged creature instead of a walking hairy dude? I think it's yeah. I think it's pretty much pretty genius. It's great. It's Which, a it's a great and and the design is astounding. And 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 it's the, a big wolf. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a hearty bitch. Scott Wolf. Oh, but the uh, yeah the. And it, and it's it's I love it too because there's it's a celebration of of practical effects and they and you're right it's in broad day like it's very well lit mm-hmm. and it's you get to see hands stretch and feet stretch and fucking hair growing and ears getting all pointy and, and faces this, expanding. And he says, in the middle of all this, he says, "I didn't mean to call get, you a meatloaf, Jack." That's one of the best. But also like the ins- what does he go like? Oh God! Like that's how it starts or something like that. Well, he, he starts by like because he's he's bored. He, he starts ripping off his clothes. I'm so hot or something burning like that. Burning a lot. Burning up, yeah. So good. Fuck, man. And then it leads to one of the other best, the, probably my favorite line in the entire film since day one. Okay. A naked American man stole my balloons. <laughs> after all the mayhem, after uh, all the kills. Wakes up in the zoo. Yeah. That's an adorable scene. Cause well, it, okay, so okay, so he transforms, and immediately they're, they're going to, uh, he's he's killing people. And so he the first, I think the first Two people it kills is this happy couple, right? Yeah. And what I like, this is a small moment from that scene, is that they get attacked, but there's a couple that they're you know at the house, they're going to this house uh, a party or something, and the the guy leaves the party to investigate. Remember, and he has a drink and he's kind of like, oh, what the hell? His wife's telling him to go back yeah. and check it out, and he he sees the this the hand like the severed hand on the mm-hmm. ground, all bloody, and the way he looks, that's a small moment. He steps on it, I think. Looks at it and he just kind of looks up and like it's like he's just like he's like a bloody foot in hand. No, but no, he's just fuck. Like, he just is like what you know, and it's just like that's kind of the movie is it shows you this really gross stuff and then it gets these reaction shots that aren't aligned really yeah. with the. It's it's kind of cute his reaction. It's yeah. a cute reaction, sort of. You don't like what I'm saying. But then he th- then it's the adorable scene where he has to get him some clothing because he's naked in the zoo and he has that whole. So you're talking about it's after like a the, little slapstick routine. You, you, you basically cut past. The subway scene. That's too big. No, it's it's great. It's amazing. It's got one of my, the best shots ever in it. Yes, I know. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna zoom past. No, it's fine. Let's talk about it. We don't have to talk about the it. tube. It's a, I, I, they used to to me the scariest sequence in the film is that that tube scene. Really? Yeah. I just I and I the way the wolf walks out very slowly. Well, there's that it's shot such, where it's at the top of the screen, mm-hmm. where you have to really be paying attention. That's the shot you were talking about. That's the best shot. Yeah, yeah. it is the best shot. I don't think it's that scary. I the whole well the whole thing kind of the the uh, the steady cam through the it's kind of like the, the the tunnels of the subway chasing that guy. Like that, that whole sequence just is perfect. Okay. I don't know. I just love it so much. I'm I don't not think it's scary. I think it's just everybody loves it. What about, who cares if I like it? Did you did you did you does it scare to you still? Did you have trouble sleeping after you watched it this last time? <laughs> Me too. I had trouble sleeping because I kept thinking about Jenny in the shower. Kept thinking of the your encounter in San Diego. Hell yeah! And then yeah, so naked American man stole my balloons. When we zoom in, yes, kid be, the kid became prime minister. 
what happened to the balloons? <laughs> they have that great shot when he, because he covers his business with the balloons. Yeah. And they have that great shot when he's running to get the coat. Yeah. And and loses the balloons to get the yeah. when he gets a coat. Yeah, that's so, that, so well shot. Is that shot. more Rick Baker? Those balloons? Yeah. He blew the balloons up himself. Yeah, Rick Baker, candlestick balloon maker. That's what right? he actually won the the Academy Award for. Oh, really? Yeah, balloons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Rob Bottin used them for the effects in Howling. Um, <laughs> same, same ones. A <laughs> uh, little trivia. Um, and then, of course, uh, he realizes he might be a werewolf after that. Yeah, well, he wakes up yeah, in the wolf cage, which is great, and he and naked. And then he gets home to Jenny, and he's feeling pretty good, actually. Oh, he's... He said, I'm nuts, but I think, I don't know why I'm waking up in the zoo, but I, I, I'm sure everything else is fine. Yeah. I'm good. Let's have let's have more encounters. But the doctor says, bring bring David over. Yeah. Let's talk to him. Because why, what happened? A yeah. night of murders. Yeah. Um, and of course, it all builds up to the, it builds up to the Piccadilly attack with a, a visit in the movie theater in, interspersed mm-hmm. uh, and him going and saying obscenities, trying to get arrested. Another great sequence. Right. I, that part destroyed me when I was a kid. You liked that part. Yeah. What, what was it? Queen Elizabeth is a man. When he says that, I, w- I was giddy as a child. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth is a man. And then he... Shit, fuck. Yeah. And he says, he insults Prince Charles's sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Zoom in. Let's hear that IMDb trivia. Everybody knows. Uh, well, not in, during the commentary track. Said that they improv some of the stuff. They did not improv that line. He made sure to say that. The one about Prince Charles. Yeah, well, and then they have an apology in the credits. Do they really? Yeah. I thought you were going to zoom in. How did you not regurgitate that? What apology in the credits? They they apologize to the prince and wish him well on his wedding. Oh, really? They want to make it clear he's not homosexual. So there's a a line in the credit where the film production would like to congratulate Prince Charles on his impending wedding. Okay. That's weird. I didn't know that. I can't believe you You zoomed in in big time. I super zoomed in. Yeah. And then let me zoom out. Let me zoom back in. That okay. wedding didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work out. <laughs> Driver should have zoomed out. <laughs> um, so what do you? Okay, so obviously the movie theater scene is another seminal mm-hmm. for of wide variety of reasons because it it brings all of our dead cast together. Mm-hmm. It, it it gets one of Landis's big in jokes into the film. Oh, you, you we forgot one. Okay. He says he says uh, the queen is a I'm, man. Prince Charles is yeah. Shakespeare was French. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's probably says. the worst one. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote it down. Shakespeare is he says Shakespeare was French. Fuck I, shit. I made a miss at the dartboard. He also says that to let him know how fuck up. He made that guy fuck up at the dartboard mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I'm just trying to get arrested. He can't get arrested. Can't get arrested in that town. Yeah. Yeah. Should've should have dropped trial. That would have worked. Oh. Actually, maybe it wouldn't have. They would have been like, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Just like a homeless guy. No one can see it. <laughs> that's a dick joke. <sighs> okay, then- so no, the, you're you're missing my probably my, my favorite moments of the film is the phone call home to the family. His and he gets a sister. It's right before. It's a it's a sweet moment. It's a very sweet moment. It's a very sad moment. But he calls home to say goodbye because he decides he's he has murdered these people and he's gonna try to kill himself, but he cannot do it. What does it say about you? That's one of your favorite moments. I just love that scene. I, it's so sad. It's heartbreaking. It's great. No, it's heartbreaking. She forgets to give the message to them. 
<laughs> then they apologize to the sister in the credits. Yeah, too. and they cut yeah. they cut to the sister like just hanging up and then going back. She's like fucking easy bake oven. She doesn't even fucking give a shit. Um, but uh, I I think that's that's a gr- that's that's a great scene in the movie. But yeah, you know, then he goes to try to slice his wrist. Cannot do it. Leaves and who does he see? But across the street, zombie Jack and across the, the street. Yeah. And then the your favorite movie's playing. See you they next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Now is that is the, the, is that a joke? See you next Wednesday instead of Thursday because see you next. Yeah, I'm aware. I don't think I don't know. So is that why he does it? Who knows? Doesn't matter. Okay, but you said that's a movie. Uh, see you is next. Is there Wednesday. a poster for Schlock as well? I don't know. On the marquee, but that's his first film, Landis, yeah. right? Yeah, and he did this his first, and he worked with Rick Baker on it, right? Yeah. So um, no, um, see you next Wednesday. Is a, Wednesday is a fictional porno film in this movie and uh, plays in the background. Uh, but you said this is a movie that shows up in his other work. It's referenced. It's okay. referenced. See you next Wednesday. There was like a period where, you know, that was a reference. And it was so like, does it show up in Blues Brothers? I'm sure it does. Sarah's Plan. I'm sure it does. All, all the Blood. big ones. Gotta be. What do you remember about Innocent Blood? Much? I remember Robert Loggia explodes. Okay. I remember being bored out of my tit. It's a vampire movie. I remember Anne Period being not that good. Right. And I remember they made the horrible mistake of giving Anthony LaPaglia a starring role. So it's it's a, it's like Landis's return to horror comedy against the blood. Everybody's excited and it was a huge failure, right? Huge. Um, it's probably aged well. I bet you it's aged well. I think we should watch it okay. tonight. <laughs> Innocent Blood. It's not a very good title. Is it? Yeah. It's like First Blood. Innocent no. Blood. No. It's like the Blood and Chocolate. Like the blood beer. Chocolate. Innocent Gun. Innocent Blood. Oh. Um, anyway, let's just keep talking about the phone, the phone scene that you don't seem to care about. Good, bring it. Zoom in. No, oh, I already zoomed out. It's a sweet moment, but the whole film is sweet. There's a, there's a, it's charming. It's great. Mm-hmm. I want to see death. I want to fucking. Well, guess what? You get to get to see some more. Oh, the best. Summer. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. The be- like seeing the wolf snapping at people as it, as they run by is just astounding. And the side of the bus and yeah, And then somebody somebody is injured in a in a vehicle accident. Well, the car crash thing is ridiculous. Like it's there's ridiculous. so much car mayhem. Yep. That has that the wolf causes but doesn't like he's not like biting people. It's just the cars are like ramming into people running hold on, over people. Hold on. And that well Can the, we get to the fucking the, can we get to the murder? You must die, David Kessler. Um what? I love how the happy couple's still sort of happy. They are. Yeah. They're very positive. And then the guy in the subway could not be more pissed. He's super pissed. The couple's happy. The homeless uh, gentlemen are pretty mad. And then uh, Griffin Dunn sticks up for yep. He sticks up for him. So the, guy, the guy's a friend of mine. Yeah. And <laughs> and how's he looking at this stage of the movie? Is, well, there, he, is it still Griffin Dunn? It is not, but he was operating the puppet. He was puppeteering? Mm-hmm. Operating the Griffin Dunn zombie puppet. Yeah. I zoomed in. Yeah. A little commentary. I don't think he would have been able to form words with that. He didn't really have lips to help shape words. No. He's got the big eyeballs. Yeah, it's great. Looks like the Evil Dead cover a little bit. A little bit. Evil Dead 2. Dead by Dawn. Zoomed in. (laughs) (laughs) What is our show? (laughs) Um, Is this... um, Shot on on film. Zoomed in. (laughs) Or a comedy. Yeah. Um, they, so, okay, so what happens is uh, they, you know, he kills a bunch of people in the theater, kills the, the detective, decapitates them. A lot of people die in the street. Flee, uh, you know, he flees down this dead end dark alleyway. That's where the cops surround him. 
uh, nurse Alex price goes to him and they shoot him. So that the whole, the whole thing is as, so, as soon as the, as soon as the theater sequence happens, there's like less than 10 minutes. It's unrelenting. And, uh, what I love, what I always loved it, what threw me off the first time I saw, it, I couldn't believe it was they shoot, they shoot, uh, David, they cut back. He's no longer the war. If he's dead on the ground, bleeding out, dead as can be and they cut to credits oh and it's it's amazing it's amazing now blue moon blue moon and it's so and it's perfect because that's exactly what the movie is yeah it's this tragic stuff that's always like just you know punctuated by hilarity yeah well you're you're always one millisecond away from horror or something horrible or something great yeah do you think um one of the best endings of any movie in my opinion but when i first saw it i felt cheated i couldn't believe that they killed him and then I couldn't believe that it was over. Just like as soon as he's dead, it's over. I couldn't. I didn't understand. Yeah. I was well. You dumb. didn't. You didn't realize that you'd be gifted so many decades later with the American Wolf in Paris. I did not. Yeah. I, so I you prayed. lucked out. Like you lucked out. They zoom back in for just for you. But do you think that moment where the wolf tenses to attack her is him trying to get them to kill him, or is he actually trying to kill her? So that's a great. That's a great point, and I think it's a great question because I think that's how good the movie is. Is you don't know. But you can tell that when she's talking to him at the end and his eyes change, like he recognizes what she's saying, and then he attacks her, um, you do have this question in your mind. Did he do it on purpose so they'd shoot him? It, you know, what was he doing there? And and I think that's why it's so, such yeah. a beautifully done movie. And that's something you, they did not mention on IMDb Trivia, so we're actually coming up with an actual conversation. But, I mean, exactly, but they at the same time, it's like that's how good the movie is. It makes you ask that question, and, and that has to be the purpose of it too. It's like you don't know. Well, the what funny does thing is – I don't know. He's busy. Let me look. Um, you know what's funny is well, these werewolves aren't that hard to beat, really. They just get shot normally. They die. Bullet. No death. silver bullets. Because at one point, um, someone mentioned silver bullets, and Jack says, uh, "You know," or he he says, "He said, don't be ridiculous." Like like silver bullets is, is like a movie thing that yeah. does not apply to werewolves, and it obviously doesn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's dead. They get dead. They get killed by gunfire. Did you say after the credits? Did I stay after the credits? Yeah, those little those little bonuses after the credits were over. You're kidding. Mm-mm. Is it really? Mm-hmm. No. It's uh, it's it's the uh, the parents come home. And they go, did anybody call while we're away? And the sister goes, no. It's actually Benjamin. He goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, that's one question I do have in the movie is, he's Jack's been killed and buried back home. He wakes up three late weeks later in the hospital. There's no mention of his parents ever visiting doesn't really talk to them. He just tries to call them once. Like, what? Are they Don't estranged? worry about it. Don't worry about I'm it. I'm not really worried about it, but it did stick out to me a little bit. Don't worry about it. Can, what does Landis say? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a classic. We love it so much. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. Did we do... I feel like we did kind of a commentary on it. I feel bad about that. Yeah, whatever. They're not all going to be fucking gold. <laughs> this, is, this is gold. No, wait. We didn't talk about his legacy. Because you... Well, you did talk about his legacy. American War in Paris. <laughs> but did you know that Landis also riffed on it a little bit later? Uh, he did a remember that show Masters of Horror. Of course, he did it so good. He did an episode of that called Dear Woman, which is a show. I, it's actually a, I like it. It's like about a woman that is like a monstrous deer. She turns into a deer or something. Okay. Um, they reference the murders in '81 in London. This animal murders. They reference in that they he references old nice. from London. So that's that's so you got American War from Paris Classic. legacy. You got Dear Woman. 
And then you, what else you got? Team Wolf? No. Because there's that Michael J. Fox connection because not in Star Wars. And then, and then, you, and and then of course, Madness. Max Lannis was on the trail to direct a remake slash something. Did we or, talk about this yet? I think we did. Did No, we talked about it at dinner. So that he is, his, you know, John Landis' son, Max Landis, super hack, is going to direct, apparently. He's not going to. Well, he his wrote, career he wrote, is derailed. He wrote the script, um, but he, he's. It's now going to be a. The, the synopsis is going to be about a, uh, a woman and her boyfriend traveling in Europe. They get attacked. She turns into a werewolf, and her name's Alex. So he took. It doesn't matter. Took the, it's never going to happen, and you can't. You can't replicate this. It might. Nope. Landis never. You think Landis would have made a sequel to this, but I guess he never was interested. Like no, he, he, like, he only does. He did. He got it right. He got his perfect sequel handled, and then he moved on. He said uh, he did uh, a perfect sequel. He said uh, it. Brothers two thousand. The transformation is. He said it's essentially an erection metaphor. Do you agree? What isn't? I guess I don't care. Do you think so? I don't need a fucking metaphor. Fuck metaphor. Well, that's all film is—is is metaphor, right? No, because I, I think I think that. You could. That's what's so great about good movies is you can mm-hmm. appreciate them on the surface, or you can get metaphorical with it. But this is kind of a lowest common denominator project. You can read into it extra shit, but it's so it so delivers on every level. Don't matter. Fuck a metaphor. So I'm gonna zoom in just one last time. All right. He didn't direct American War in Paris. John Landis. No. So rate my zoom in. Ten. All right. So we got a voicemail. <laughs> Who did direct this? Do you remember? That's no, such nobody a, important. This is such a fucking bad movie. That's I think it's so a bad. French French name. All right, so let's put him in Paris. Let's hear a voicemail. Hey guys, uh, this is a uh, Stallone caller. I was very excited to hear you. Took uh, one of my old classes, good Nighthawks. Uh, a little uh, zooming in on the movie microscope here. Uh, I was, I, I love Walker Howard. I don't believe in the thing, uh, we had any problem. Uh, but the thing I love about this script, yep. I love the name, Wolcock. And I just, I just <laughs> love saying it. I just love saying Wolcock. It just, it, it really caught on. And, you know, I got to the point where I, I loved it so much, you know, when, uh, when we got these new, uh, these new phones. I, I, I had to put it in my text phone. So, you know, my new, my new delivery of, uh, HGH comes in, you know, I just hear Wolcock. That's actually not a bad Stallone impersonation. Do you think it's better than, or worse than yours? Well, it's way better than mine, but mine's nuanced. I'm not here to. Well, I'm, let's I'm not. not. Let's not. I'm not making a call on on whether the man does illegal drugs. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't think that's news to, to anything. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Just because he admits to it, <laughs> it's because he's caught doing it, uh, and it's, his his arms look like. I mean, his arms look like it's an erection metaphor. Yeah, erection metaphor. Um, I thought that was a pretty good impersonation. Is it an impression or impersonation? Which is which is the correct term? Uh, an impression is what we don't get enough of on this show. We don't get enough listeners on this show either. What's going on with that? How how is our podcast not already snapped up by one of these hot 
podcast networks. Like they Ear- think they become like running. Earwolf or something. These guys talk about movies. <laughs> they zoom in. Oh my god! <laughs> Get our acquisitions team on this shit. Wait, they put in, they have Instagram. <laughs> We're really kind of cornering the market on zooming in. That's that's for sure. I hope. What if we've been zooming in all this time, but there's other so many other podcasts that zoom in. What if there's other podcasts that zoom in and they do work and research? We're fucked. You mean they did more than just... I, hey, for American Warrior from London, I did watch uh, YouTube videos and read some articles. I just couldn't remember any of it. <laughs> but the one thing I did find out is um, when I read the articles that um, John Landis didn't direct the sequel to this <laughs> One, my, my big research was I looked um, I looked at uh, the Instagram like I went on Google did and you? I did an image search of bees and Steve McQueen. Did you? So what uh, did you find? Was it they both were they're both real things that have happened? Did that guy's image come up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bees McQueen. <laughs> um, so who was that guy that called in? Do you have, do you have a name or you I, just called in? I don't know. I don't know who it was. He didn't use a name. Called he called in. He, he zoomed in. He called in. Yeah. That's a, and we actually we have a dearth of voicemails. I, I thought I thought it was going to be a big segment because nothing people like hearing their voices, you know, in I mean, po- in really no popular things. Like no they like to hear their like you know like when they're showing like the Today Show in a live location, right. people are standing behind just to get seen on you know on camera. They think I it legi- it's Dan, I know they think it legitimizes them. It doesn't. It doesn't legitimize though. Referenced earlier, being on TV isn't anything. Like don't think that's special, but being on TV, I get it. But being on this show is not special either. No. Ooh, I just got fucking amateur hour over here. Is that is that still on? Um, thank you, whoever called in. That's nice. You're saying that other people haven't been calling in. That's not shocking. Oh, we have another call. It's Benjamin. What do you have to say, Benjamin? <laughs> well, did you remember what he, she says about whenever he says she no does reverse her? psychology with him? She says to him. She says to him, "Has anybody ever beat you about the neck and face?" Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great yeah. He says no. No. Hi, David. So good. So <laughs> many great little lines. Holds Mickey Mouse and says it. And then you later on in the movie you see the Mickey Mouse again. It's like yeah. on the TV. And or there's a Minnie Mouse she has in the apartment too. Oh, fucking spinoff. Well, you know they talk about you got to what do they what you. You got to pay off the law of twos. The law of twos. You got to pay off yeah. Mickey Mouse with Mickey Mouse. You got to pay off the original Frank Oz in live action with, with Miss Muppet Piggy. Pussy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You got to pay off his little dangling skin with little dangling skin from Jenny. Fucking hey, man, you brought it home, Mister Kessler. You boiled a cake, Mister Kessler. <laughs> I, I understand. Oh, that's so great, Mister Kessler. He's also in uh, Training Places, Mister Frank Oz. He's got the best voice, Frank Oz. He just sounds. He like does him not like have that. the best voice. He has a unique voice. He does have a unique voice. He's got a shit voice. That's why he's famous. What are some? Can you remember any tiny little things? What's your last? Let's let's get one last tiny little thing you love from this movie. If you have something, go ahead. I don't. Um, I like whenever he. Right before the transformation, when he's doing like talking about the board apartment part, when he looks into the mirror and he's he's like he says "grr" art like when he's doing that. That's you cute. like that? That's fucking weak. <laughs> I no, I brought it up because I don't like it. I think it should have been cut out. Um, I, I like the I like this isn't something I like, but I noticed more than ever was the little bloody children on the ground. The what? In the in the in the scene at the, the dream sequence, like those little kids are. 
They don't show them. They, they are do. bloody lumps of shit. Like you, those kids. Oh, you really looked. I was just falling. Yeah, so. there's there's a sh- like a, there's a shot where there's just like little tattered children, mm-hmm. and I, and you could see how he flirted with the X rating there. I just like whenever he says "grown R" into the into the mirror. But you like the dead children on the ground? Is that what you? <laughs> that was the one you like. <laughs> I made a point of saying I didn't I didn't like it, but it stuck it's out. A special moment to you. You had to squint real hard to see where are their corpses, huh? Let me pause this. <laughs> so as we as we uh, as we wrap this episode up, is there, you know let's let's dig into the old burial vaults. Yeah. And think of a film comes up to you. Is there a film that comes to mind for you? Something that not that comes to mind, but something that off the cuff that isn't uh, something we're going to do an episode devoted to. Jupiter Ascending. We've talked too much about it already. Have you seen it? I I get bored trying to get through it. Um, how about uh, we always do that? We always put that qualifier that we're not going to do it. I, I I don't like that. I feel like we can do it even if we mention it now. I, well, I mean, the show's going to be successful enough to where well, we run out of movies. Like we have to do everything. That's, they don't make enough movies for us to not do all the movies. Did it? Didn't iTunes crash the other night, the other day because we had we reached over a hundred hundred listeners. <laughs> Six of which is us on different platforms. Um, what about? Well, I was gonna say Deep Rising, but we're gonna do that. We have to do Deep Rising. We right? will do Deep Rising. Um, uh, how about? Well, you go. Do you have one? No, I can. Go. Uh, Rockstar. I've seen that kind of recently. Mark I, Wahlberg. I like Jennifer that Aniston. movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. It's pretty good. What's some little moments from that you like? Jason Fleming's tantrum. I little, I can't remember little moments from it really. Um, I mean, Jason Fleming's in it. Who? Who? Oh, Dominic, Dominic West. West is in it, right? Yeah. Um, and it's about a guy who auditions for what band? Steel Panther. Steel. So it's a made-up band, right? It's a made-up band, but it's based on a true story. Yeah, like Judas Priest yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember much from that. Steel movie. Dragon. Still Dragon sounds right. Um, I remember Wahlberg and Spandex. You remember so, him waking up in the hotel room with all the nakeds course. everywhere? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston was. I think she's girlfriend. adorable in that movie. I remember her being really cute in that movie. Uh-huh. Um, I remember it's so funny because there's a there's a song "Stand Up and Shout." It's like one of the big songs in the movie. Sammy Hagar wrote it, and he then later put an, a, a version of that on his record. That's amazing. So it's kind of cool because, like, the, the the songs, they actually, like, Blood Pollution and all that, mm-hmm. they actually wrote some, like, ca- sort of catchy metal songs. Right. And uh, it was kind of cool to see, you know, it was, it's almost like in the same way that there's another movie, that, oh, uh, Almost Famous with Stillwater. Like, they were, it was, there was some legitimate music in there. Yeah, except Stillwater, like, the band, the songs were never that good. That's the problem with that Almost Famous is, is the songs never sound like, they were not good enough to be, like, for, for that band to be that beloved. The songs were not that good. <laughs> Um, the songs in the movie that weren't them, uh, the classic songs are good. There's, yeah, but you, you didn't like Fever Dog? Was it called Fever Dog? What was the band called again? Stillwater. Stillwater, yeah. No, it's bad. They sound terrible. Have you heard Modern Music, by the way? Yeah, I love Modern it's Music. It's terrible. There's so much terrible music. No. Oh, my God. You're just so... old. You're just old. Are you a big Mumford & Sons guy? No, but there's a lot of... As usual, as always, there's all these... People making what I'm music. saying is the stuff that's selling the most. Okay. The, the, that's I, always been the way. Though. I mean, Imagine Dragons like the biggest band. You know who gives a shit? I don't like Imagine Dragons, but I'm but they're old. they're Stillwater. They're they're Stillwater big, and they don't you know they have more they have catchier songs than Stillwater. I will say that. 
Um, so does uh, Jim Caviezel and Angel Heart. <laughs> so let me ask you this. An Angel Heart? Uh, Angel Eyes. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. The director of The Rocker is actually kind of a big director. Who was of it? Of The Rocker? Is it What's it called? Rockstar. Rockstar. Is it Stephen Herrick? Is it? He, he went on to do better things, I thought. Is it Stephen Herrick? I don't know who Stephen Herrick is. Am I wrong? Go ahead and dig. Phone zoom, time. Zoom in. Um, let me ask you this. I'll, then I'll go because I don't have anything on the rocker. Um, Rockstar. The Rockstar. Oh, the rocker is the. Oh, Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Oh, fuck that guy. Let's let's do the rocker next. No. Um, don't want to spoil a future microscope. <laughs> Josh Gad in there, I think. Um, cursed. I saw what? it at the Chud screening. I saw it with you. I hated it. It's not good. Instantly forgot it. I remember nothing except that I had about 60 of those DVDs sent to me for a giveaway. Okay. So I spent like four years purging those DVDs. I don't remember anything about that movie. Cursed. Although I remember I know. I, I, I it's hate one of those movies they reshot most of it and they recast some of it because uh, it was maybe so bad, poor, poorly received or something. Um. I remember Judy Greer is the bad guy. Uh, I know that they shot a lot of, I think we've talked about this before in other podcasts, but I think they shot a lot of it. Like the main character worked on the Craig Kilborn show. And when the movie came out, Kilborn, the Craig Kilborn show had been canceled. Nailed it by the way. What? Stephen Herrick. So what has he done since then? He directed episodes of MacGyver and of the Rush Hour TV show and of Hawaii Five-0. Oh, so I'm wrong. He didn't, he didn't he do did, he, movie? Did a, he did a big movie. What? He did the sequel to the cutting edge. Did the sequel to Into the Blue. All right, never mind. I guess I was wrong about that. So that was his big movie. Oh, no, he did Life or Something Like It after Rockstar. What's Life or Something Like It? Dog shit. He did Holy Man with Eddie Murphy. Oh, Dog fuck. Bush. So maybe that's what I'm thinking of, that he did. He did Mr. Holland's Opus. Did he? He did 101 Dalmatians. He did The Three Musketeers, which was actually good. He did The Mighty Ducks. He did Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh, he's been around for a long time. And he did... Bill oh and Ted's. my God, he did a movie. He did Critters. And he did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, he's great. Uh, he was His best years were behind him. I know, but that's pretty... He had a good start, and, and the rock, Rockstar is a movie you really like. I, I like it. It's a it's not a good movie. It's you, not a great movie. But. Do you have a Criterion or... No, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for something better. That's a movie that they should put on Criterion as Amer- American War from London. Why not? Put that I on don't, there. Fuck Criterion, dude. I don't like him. Their, their their special features are unremarkable. That's not true. It's a bunch of fucking film historians going. I like hey, that. This made me dick hog. Okay, but I like that. That's true. And I would like I would like the Criterion roll out the Criterion carpet for an American Werewolf in London. Is that such? You a, just you just wanted to get the recognition it deserves because it's got it. No, I just want to have a special, a cute little special DVD that when I put it in, I'm so excited. But and then you realize right, how primitive. But then there's it is. no digital code and i get mad and, 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 do digital. and then you realize that they were more concerned with this with the picture transfer i and, love a good picture and, transfer and four this. pages of a film historian talking about it fucking yeah, erection please, a, exactly analogy make, make let me get a notes for my my request from them i love film historian on this a better transfer would be good some of those restored cutout scenes would be nice no no that criterion wouldn't stoop what do you mean they wouldn't stoop to do something we want they do what they give <laughs> 
They're not a tender lover. Yeah, and, and would it be so hard to ask for like maybe like a thumb drive shaped as a werewolf? That could be like the takeaway, you know? <laughs> yeah. Could, and it could be like a maybe like a hundred and twenty. Or like megabits. maybe maybe like um like a thing you put in your mouth like that you walk around with that puts the L in werewolf. <laughs> well, what about or they could you could also have like a um a, a new interview with. Um, you know, Jenny Auger, and the first question was like, "How do you say your last name?" Is it no? <laughs> catching up, with, catching up with Benjamin. That's, yes, that's they have a special feature called "All About the Benjamin," <laughs> and it's just him. And he said, and he said, "I improv my all my scenes." Benjamin, what what did you do after uh, after your work in American Werewolf? Did you go on to make other films? No. <laughs> he was reading comics, and Ben, remember one of the, what yeah. comic he was reading? He's reading a Laurel and Hardy comic. Benjamin, when you grow up, are you cornered by people who are American werewolf fans? No. <laughs> he's like Benjamin. At, he's at conventions. Were you able to pay your rent this month <laughs> due to your film work? <laughs> no. <laughs> the residuals. That poor little kid. He actually owned a piece of that film. Did he really? Yeah, he got rich. Yeah, he owned the dangling piece of Jack. <laughs> they bop. We bop. Woo!